Hello listeners, I am your host Paola and this is Let's Talk About It. Here we host conversations about current social political issues as well as other issues present on our everyday lives. to be discussing mass shootings and gun violence with with Abish. This is Abish here. I'm a Hello, graduate Abish. student in Iowa State University. This is my second year here. I'm in the microbiology program. And uh, how are you doing, Paula? I'm good. A little, a little are mad really about the whole topic yes yeah. it's 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 a nerve-wracking topic to talk about because a lot of people get really touchy about it and they do get quite a bit of touchy i have been in a few online arguments just the one actually and it kind of showed me uh, how insane people can be when it comes to discussing gun violence they just don't even want to hear it it's like a topic that they're like no it's everything you say taboo. is wrong yeah yeah so I don't know much about the legal aspect of it or the political aspect of it. I know what I see from the media, so I'm not completely oblivious about it. But it's a topic that makes me so mad that I just I don't purposefully go looking to know more about it because I know I'll find something that will just throw me off my whole day. Yeah. And I, but I know you do that because you have a stronger willpower than I do, <laughs> and. I know you feel really strongly about it and you're very passionate about it and you're educated about it and this is your platform and I want you to teach me more about it and I want you to teach everybody more. Okay, so today is the 10th of August, which has been 222 days since the year began and there already has been 255 mass shootings in this country alone. Now... So practically one per day or it's more? It's more than one per day. In fact, uh, since 2016... This has been the only year where the average has exceeded one, which, I mean, one mass shooting is one too many. Mm -hmm. And the way we define mass shootings is where at least four people get hurt or injured or killed. So when I say mass shootings, you should acknowledge the fact that at least four or more people got killed. And what we saw last weekend in a span of 13 hours, three mass shootings, one in El Paso, Texas, another one in Dayton, Ohio, and then the garlic festival in uh, California, uh, gunmen went in and started shooting and murdering people. And it is important for us to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's almost ridiculously unbelievable that we have to point out the most obvious thing here is that guns cause violence. And the reason, and the reason we actually have to point that out is because more than half, in fact, a significant majority of not only the conservative side of this country, but also common people believe that owning a gun is almost as equal a human entitlement or a human right as liberty, equality, justice, freedom, free speech, or even healthcare. And this stumps me a lot because I've had this conversation before. I've heard this uh, argument before in sort of the conservative news bubbles that we uh, need to have this Second Amendment, which, by the way, Second Amendment, basically, uh, it's an amendment to the actual law, which granted citizens the right to bear arms in case there was, like, any kind of uprising against the common people by 
conducted by the government. Keep in mind that uh, the constitution was written about 200, 250 years ago. The constitution also said that slavery was good, not giving voting rights to women was good. It said a lot of things that we have had to you know, move forward from. We cannot implement those things as a law because we as a whole population have learned better. So why is owning guns uh, and why is this advocacy for gun ownership still going so strong despite quite clearly 255 mass shootings showing that legal sale of guns to common citizens is an objectively bad thing? So and, 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 and any of the other things that I just mentioned that used to be a law at some point of time that we have you know, moved forward from, we have actually revoked those uh, rights and everything, right for like a white man to own a slave or women to not vote. We have revoked those rights because they were bad for the society. They were bad for morality. We still can't get to do the same thing with guns. So this is, this is the part where I get kind of conflicted on because my dad works for the government and he does own a gun. A gun. Okay. Did but he get I have trained? Never, yes. Did he but receive thing, training at a I'm, federal level? That's what I'm level? saying. That's what I'm saying. I've, but it's something that I've never even seen this gun. Like, I know he has it, but it's like he's so responsible about it. And I feel like it's the same reason why a lot of military people or ex-military, like, uh, what's it called? Ex-military? No. Yes. Paramilitary? I don't know. No. Oh, veterans. veterans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> why a lot of veterans have come out and, and they have advocated for an amendment to the Second Amendment because they're like, no citizen should have these things like this is it has to be something that you have to be military trained on like it's not yes. just all fun and shits and giggles having a gun so that is actually accurate and like my my like i said my dad has a gun and i've never yeah. seen it in the 20 something years of life i've never seen him with and as gun. it should be like you should not see a gun and even if you do here here's the point okay if you look at veterans in any country across the world they most of them actually own guns. It's the same thing in India where you cannot actually, no citizens are legally allowed to purchase guns. Like we don't have gun shows and stuff, but it's a true, it's a true thing for any country in the world. And even there are countries around the world which allows sale of guns to citizens and citizens purchase those guns to sh like, you know, take advantage of like deer season, turkey season, go out for, you know, game hunting and stuff like that. Here's the difference. In America, somehow, over the period of last 100 years or so, no significant changes were ever made to disallow sale of military-grade assault rifles to common citizens. And that's where, that's where my problem is. Because um, if you look at the shooters who came and shot down uh, people in El Paso or Dayton, Ohio, the Walmart in El Paso and then in Dayton, mm -hmm. they obtained assault rifles legally yep. from their state and here's the best part they went ahead and added modifications to it modifications that were not allowed in their states they got it from another state imagine if you lived in a state which by the way there are six states in the united states and the district of columbia which does not allow like which has strict gun control laws and stuff the other states are completely fair game and if you are a permanent yeah, resident texas or like a citizen open carry texas state. has open carry yeah and in fact a mm -hmm. couple of years ago uh the university of austin got a lot of flack for 
even discussing allowing open carry on campus, which is completely ridiculous. Why do you need to bring a gun on campus? So those guys, even if I was, if, even if somebody was a citizen here and they lived in a state that did not allow for them to purchase a gun legally, they could very well cross the border and purchase the gun legally. And here's the thing, there's a difference between a hunting rifle, which shoots one per round, versus the shooter in El Paso, who, again, I cannot stress this enough, legally purchased a magazine that was capable of shooting 100 rounds. And what that resulted in is that when he went inside the Walmart, he managed to shoot nine people and injured 20 of them in less than 30 seconds by shooting from his assault rifle. And this is where the lines get fuzzy because in one hand, you have the gun lobbyists and the gun activists and the Second Amendment enthusiasts who strictly in the under, and I have to say this under the false pretense of protecting freedom, right, equality, whatever, advocate for gun ownership. And on the other hand, anybody with an ounce of common sense can tell you that there is zero reason to have uh, legal, federally approved legal sale of assault rifles to common citizens. I mean, your dad is a trained agent of the Homeland Security. So at some point, he had to go to an actual training facility where he learned how to shoot guns, where he mm -hmm. was taught how to handle these guns. And, and still, not, he doesn't have an assault rifle. He it's doesn't still, have, it's still a hand pistol. Like, because you don't need it. Like one of the popular arguments you would hear online is that, oh, I need to protect myself. I need but, to protect my freedom. Who are you protecting no, from? Not and a single whose person. responsibility? Okay, you are basically assuming responsibility for somebody else. I didn't ask you to protect not, me. Not a single. In idiot. fact, watching you carrying and like watching you open carry a firearm, and I I know if you say that you're a sane person who's not gonna shoot me for any reason, I'll believe you. But if I see you just openly carrying a firearm, I'll get nervous. And if you're carrying an assault rifle around you, just because you can, and just because the federal government allows you to do so. That would make me more nervous than an actual madman who would go and shoot down people. And not a single person. Okay, Texas is an open carry state. And they're like, oh no, like not all people that carry guns are crazy or madmans or we're, we're good people too. Not a single person shot the guy that had the assault rifle Which is to the like protect irony. the rest of the people. That's, it's like if it, you know, that's like you're in Texas anybody, anybody and who, no one stopped this crazy person. No, that's the thing. So Texas has one of the highest capita uh, for like, you know, number of guns per person. Texas leads, I think it leads the country in that number, right? So if all this, and keep in mind that this whole good guy with gun thing, it's a propaganda. And that propaganda has been going on for a really, really long time. So my question is this, that there has already been 255 shootings so far this year. How many of those shooters got gunned down by a good guy with gun? If the country or the states are allowing legal purchase of assault rifles, handguns, what have you, why hasn't been there a single incidence where the shooter receives, uh, you know, the back end of a good guy with a gun's vengeance like he, nobody really shoots down in, inside the walmart uh there were there were no good guys with guns who were trying to protect all this hispanic and bear in mind there is a whole political issue behind this which is like how white supremacy is fueling most of these domestic terrorism attacks and these are after all domestic terrorism yeah but i there's actually one point i want to make on that i was scrolling to social media the other day and i saw someone make a post about this i forgot the person that did it but i wrote it down and it said 
And I quote, because this is Trump, you get this. A dear friend of mine, an immigrant lawyer in El Paso saying, please, 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 God, don't let Trump come here now. We're burying our dead. We're trying to pull together. We're so hurt. Like, everybody knows the reason why this mass shooter did it. Because he left a freaking, I don't know how many pages, manifesto on it. And Have you read the manifesto? I didn't even want to. I was no, so you should. mad. You should. I know. I know. I should. It is spectacular. I think I saved it or something to read it when it is, I was less mad. It is spectacular because... But, it, but let me go to this. Yeah. Like... It's 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 so incredible how the leaders of this country are so blinded by it that the shooter left a manifesto explaining why he did it and what made him do it and they're still blaming it on something else other than Video the games. president and like flaming up this yeah. white supremacist, racism, all these things. Like it's like, oh no, 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 no. It's not the precedent. It's video games or it's mental health. When this person clearly left a rather intelligent, I've heard, manifesto on how he did it. This person, he doesn't have a mental issue. He has a hate issue that was taught since you're a kid. And when you're political, the highest political official in a whole country hates these people it just gives permission to a lot of other people that feel the same to just do it openly. So I'm glad you mentioned that this guy was like taught probably from the childhood. And that would happen like uh, I have read accounts of this El Paso shooter, Patrick Crucius, I think his name was, that uh, his, his family was actually concerned about his mental health. And his dad was uh, really trying to help him get his life together and stuff. But he was in this whole other zone where he was almost to a point of paranoid schizophrenia, convinced that uh, there is a Hispanic immigration invasion coming and trying to rob this country. Oh, of but its... who has said those things? So so moving past, like, so not moving past, but more like acknowledging the, acknowledging the bigger picture, right? We are talking about guns, right? So, so these are all probable causes. And in this case, the guy left a manifesto. So it's not even a probable cause. It's an objective cause behind his shooting. We need to be able to fund research to study gun violence. And the fact that America has not allowed that to happen, because I feel like after 200 years of all this debate that has left uh, this whole country in this whole convoluted you know, stage of whether or not they should accept guns, the least, the least the country can do is to study gun violence, gun violence, uh, uh, related deaths, mass shootings, correlation between gun ownership and violence, and they should be able to fund research for that. So I was reading up on this, and essentially, um, in 1996, the Congress apparently passed a provision called as the Dickey Amendment that prohibited the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention from using its budget to study gun violence. And there has been multiple instances. I actually went into the Journal of American Medical Association or something. So they have cited multiple, multiple instances of Congress blocking funding. They cannot go out and block researchers on gun violence because that's like an encroachment of First Amendment rights. But what they have done is that they have started cutting off and they have already started cutting off funding from anybody who even wants to study gun violence, which totally makes sense, which actually brings us to a bigger point, the role of NRA 
in spreading gun violence and mass shootings because let's acknowledge some objective truth here right gun guns cause mass shootings mm-hmm. nra is a strong advocate for gun ownership and supposedly second amendment right but essentially they are getting bankrolled by the military industrial complex and the gun lobby and the gun manufacturing companies to basically increase their sales and they will go to essentially any length to make sure that that happens and their lobbying which has essentially any kind of lobbying in washington is bribing in my opinion that's an opinion though that they have managed to corner every single at least republican congressman to uh to basically allow anything that nra does and gets away with it because what nra wants is uh they want to disseminate guns in the hands of every man woman whatever without any questions no questions asked and it is kind of atrocious that they have gotten away so long with it in fact i don't know if you have seen this but there a funny clip it is not funny it was actually grotesque to be honest but a clip came up and i don't remember where i saw this but um there i think trump was having a cabinet meeting and this whole mass shootings uh, episode was brought up and then trump said i think he said something in the lines of you guys are afraid of the nra and somebody replied that so you have no idea how powerful they are uh trump bless his soul for all his uh i'm not even going to go into it nope. but there are like you know that's a topic a broken, for another episode a broken clock is right at least twice a day so he in his again um absolute oh they can't see i'm doing air bunnies but geniusness literally called out the members of his cabinet and congress that you're not going to be able to do anything about these mass shootings because congress half of congress is in the pocket of nra and i don't know if any of these congressmen or the people who actually makes make all these laws regulating or in some cases deregulating uh, gun control i don't know if they personally believe if they have the strongest conviction in the second amendment or not but it is really hard to imagine that the mass shooting epidemic that this country has which the cdc and the american medical association has classified as a public health issue could have proceeded so far so insidiously through the whole fabric of society without the help of nra and there no, are multiple no, explain to me why not why but like how what were the grounds of like classifying it as a public health issue like i don't understand that part so there came a point when you used to have like these lone wolves right and used to have these people who would execute or these kind of like mass murders or like even a single shooting events out of like personal grudges and stuff like that and then there started coming a point when people just started going into these mass shooting frenzies out of their own personal agenda and the reason it became an epidemic is because there was a clear and there is a clear correlation between people owning guns owning firearms and then propagating these kind of violence and i need to look up where exactly that transition exactly happened at least for the cdc to call it out as a public health because hazard because to me to me it's not so cdc's main it's not part rationale of a mental health no so cdc's issue. rationale is that we can't do anything about the second amendment right because that's a whole rabbit's hole rabbit hole of like politics that they don't want to get to 
So CDC's main objective and AMA's main objective is to prevent as many of these deaths as possible. Because I don't know if you have read this, but I've read accounts, I've read letters from um, the president of AMA, I've read letters from doctors and nurses who openly wrote in all these like news channels and print media and stuff, how traumatized they were when people, after any mass shootings, they would bring like kids, their parents, boys, girls, men, women, inside the hospital with like, uh, you know, bullets in their body. And uh, what, what their main rationale was, I think this article I was reading uh, said that, or argues that um, CDC is saying that if, if you're not gonna do anything about curbing gun ownership, the least you can do is allow us to get enough funding to conduct research on how we can uh, um, stop, well, they can't stop mass shootings, but they can address basic public uh, sort of health hazard issues when it comes to mass shootings. I'll give you an example, right? There has been uh, researches done on anything, any aspect or any tool that poses, that used to pose as a public health hazard. For example, cars, for example, cigarettes, mm -hmm. for example, um, any kind of yeah, it's, it's so, like it's, rockets, yeah, like NASA, who launches rockets with human beings in them in the outer space. I mean, how dangerous is that? But Congress has managed to fund research into safety guidelines and uh, really kind of fund any kind of, for example, I'll give you an example of cars, right? When people started manufacturing cars and stuff, uh, they obviously did not have all these safety features. They didn't have like a seat uh, belt. A seat belt. They yeah. didn't have that, what is it called? The inflatable thingy? that comes Airbag. Up. Airbags. They didn't used to have They those. didn't even have blinkers or anything like they that. Probably you had to pop the blinkers. So, so obviously the deaths that happened due to like, you know, car accident stuff, obviously it was really, really and also high. People were not used to it. This is from a design standpoint. People yeah. were not used to cars. They so were cities were not designed for cars and people didn't realize that they had right. to like look both ways before crossing the street yeah. because a buggy might be able to stop and you won't die out of right. a buggy and horse, but a car you're toast. Yeah. But it's also, you. it's funny. I just like thought of this. You bring out cars and it's like to get a goddamn license. To get to be able to drive a car is so fucking annoying. It's such a tedious process. Like you have to go get a test and a written test, and then you have to drive for like six months, and then you have to go, and then you're able to get the full license. But then you're like on probation on the insurance until you're 21 or something, and then you can't like buying a car is so expensive, and then they check your credit. You know, there's so many things that you have to do to get a car, which is something that you need to get by. But then to get a gun is like, ooh, no license, no problem. Just give me. So money. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you know why you have to go through all these hoops? Because when first cars were introduced, there were some glaring gaps in its safety features. And uh, because cars are such a valuable commodity and people understood its value to society because it's a fast moving vehicle that can make your life so, so easy. So w instead of like, you know, Congress or the common public hounding upon like car manufacturers and saying that, oh, you don't manufacture such dangerous instruments that are like killing people. What they did was that they started funding agencies to start researching about safety concerns. They started researching about public health versus cars. And that's how you started coming. That's how like Mercedes, Benz, Audi, Toyota, Hyundai, they all have big research teams who work tirelessly day in and day out. They have legal teams that consult uh, with other people to make sure that they give the safest possible experience and features 
for their customers. Then why do and we that, not do this with firearms? So the why reason you can't, that's where the Dickey's amendment comes in because that curbed funding from CDC to study firearms as a public health hazard, a public safety issue. This is why, that's what the, that's what the basic point of CDC actually is, is that we won't be able to talk you guys out of your whole second amendment frenzy, right? And there are personally in CDC, I believe, who even would like, you know, they're probably strong advocates for second amendment. I don't know, whatever their personal beliefs are, but CDC's main objective is to protect uh, public health. The American Medical Association's main objective is to protect public health. So the least the Congress can do is to allow them to have the funds to study gun violence and gun related deaths. And this is why this is why everything that's happening in the political region is so cartoonish right now is that politicians are getting away by saying that violent video games are causing gun violence. Setting aside the whole absurdity of that notion and why in two seconds or in a heartbeat, you can prove that argument wrong. The reason they're allowed I'll to get away. Japan has the highest yes. like and, and popularity anybody, of video games. It, they don't have mass I think they have like one to, shooting in the whole year. Anybody would be able to prove that argument wrong. But here's a catch. They are getting away with these kind of explanations because researchers have been stifled into gun violence and mass shooting epidemics. And... Essentially, through NRA's lobbying, these Congress have blocked funding to all these agencies. So now the agencies cannot really come out and pinpoint factors that actually cause gun violence. Because if they could, the first factor would be, guess what, guns. And we can, obviously, we should talk about the political issues, the social issues, all these sort of circumstantial causes behind gun violence. And we should definitely talk about mental health. Although I personally don't appreciate it anytime like... uh, the conservative news bubbles deflect everything after a gun violence or a mass shooting onto like the mental illness of that person. Of course, the person is mentally ill, but you have a situation of domestic terrorism fueled by white supremacy. There is no argument here. It is an objective fact that the current president of the United States is a white supremacist. There is no denying that. And his biggest cheerleaders, which are the Fox News, there are people in Fox News like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity. And these kind of people are objectively white supremacists. You don't have to shave your head and put the swastika tattoo inked on like the back of your head to prove that you're a skinhead or you're a clan member. You don't have to do that in modern society. In fact, all of those gunmen who have caused these mass shootings, they basically, they, they, at some point, they probably got, they definitely got affiliated with these kind of uh, white supremacist groups, but they didn't really have to change anything about themselves. It's just that they started reading these things online and started kind of uh, imbibing them. And that's where the whole mental sickness comes in, because if you constantly go inside those kind of echo chambers, which discusses white supremacy and stuff, you will get mentally sick because those are not normal conditions those are not normal arguments but is it is it fair to classify it as mental illness when you chose to believe it when you chose to be there and you chose to like welcome that thoughts and hates into your life so there are a couple of ways to look at it like to me mental health is something you didn't choose like you didn't choose to be abused or you didn't choose to be psychotic or have any of these mental issues now these people 
choose to go and choose to hate minorities or choose right. to choose to participate in these and the choice of doing this obviously to me, that, that doesn't classify as mental right. health no i i get your point so that choice that like you're not clinically made, insane you right. chose to be a person i'm saying hate. after they volunteered into this Obviously, if you spend enough time with these wackos and crazies and clearly like violent criminals, um, that you would start developing objective mental sickness because essentially what happens is that your perspective of the world gets twisted. And there are, I have read statements from, uh, you know, uh, people who were in charge of like veterans and stuff and like intelligence officers. I think I can bring it up. But there's an intelligence officer who said that the trait or the common characteristics that we find uh, in these domestic, like uh, lone wolf gunmen who commit these mass shootings and these gun violences, those sort of causative effects and their traits are extremely similar to jihadis that he has, you know, encountered when he was posted overseas. And it totally makes sense because yeah, the I situation is mm-hmm. exactly similar. A racially charged sociopolitical climate where there is this atmosphere of uncertainty, there's this atmosphere of fear, and you have this acute identity crisis, which is most in part built by yourself, like um, where essentially the most privileged, I'm just going to go ahead and say the most privileged race, the white upper class or the white men or whatever, they are self-victimizing at this point because they have this perceived loss of self-identity because now there's more and more diversity coming into this country and they've convinced themselves that in order to keep their, uh, I don't know, race, ethnicity pure, that they have to eradicate anybody else. And again, these things, they're extremely niche. I don't really believe that, I don't honestly believe that uh, even like more than 10% of this country thinks like that because you have to imagine those clansmen and those white supremacists as a niche class because the jihadis, the Al-Qaeda's, the jesh Muhammad's, the um, ISIS, all of these militants, they are also a niche part of their society. They are the ones who really, really misconstrued, uh, you know, re- their religious doctrines from Quran. They misconstrued uh their own standing in the society. They manufactured this whole identity crisis just to create this fervor in their fresh recruits. And they basically brainwashed them into committing acts of violence and aggression. So it's the same thing that's happening here, except now you don't really need a terrorist training camp or you don't need a terrorist cell. Uh, Only thing that somebody who is going to commit a domestic act of an act of domestic terrorism, the only thing that he needs is a computer. And, and you a gun. can and a gun, and this is where and and, and if you have a computer, and, then and it, the state still refuses to call it domestic terrorism. Yes, so I'm glad you brought that up because right thing. now, in in uh, legally speaking, mm-hmm. you cannot be brought. No charges can be brought to you under domestic terrorism. If you commit an act of domestic terrorism, usually the conspirators are ch- like perpetrators are charged with like um, murder criminal conspiracy, Mm -hmm. hate crime, but not domestic terrorism. If you remember after 9-11, there were sweeping changes made in the constitution and the Patriot Act was passed and it was so easy for America to start listening on to like every single one of its uh, domestic constituents in the name of preventing further acts of aggression from foreign countries. 
That never really happened after 9-11, but what did was uh, an explicit rise of white supremacy fueled domestic terrorisms. And America can't make a log against that because I was also reading a quote from this guy, I'll have to look it up, but he basically said that it was easy when we, uh, when, when the target demographic were the Muslims. It would be a lot harder if we try to implement these kind of uh, sweeping, uh, what do you call? I was reading this article, which basically argued that a new focus on white supremacist violence would test whether Americans are as accepting of aggressive law, enfor law enforcement tactics when, it tar when the targets aren't Muslims, but white Americans. So I'm quoting this hmm. guy. Martin R. Stoller, he is a civil rights lawyer based in New York. He said that if they did the same thing that they did with the Muslims, they'd say every white guy is a potential terrorist. You can't do that with white people. The blowback would be outrageous. And, and that's is, a quote. That's a quote. That's a direct quote from this article in the New York Times. So this is the point. This is where this astounding double standard, this hypocrisy comes in that every time these kind of mass shootings happen, it already took so many years, so many years for Congress to even reluctantly acknowledge that these uh, mass shootings were acts of domestic terrorism because these are terrorism. And they, these lone, lone wolves or like lone gunmen, they were not obviously coming out from like some terrorist camp in California or like Kansas. They were just on the internet and they identified with other groups with similar sentiments uh, sentiments fueled by hate and vitriol against uh, any kind of foreign group. It's essentially xenophobia. They identified with that and then they went ahead and purchased a gun and then committed their acts of aggression. So that brings us to the final point. See, anytime you want to argue any kind of circumstantial causes behind these kind of uh, domestic violence, domestic terrorisms, right? You would always, always end up with this final argument, which is the ease of access to guns. And no civil society deserves or even needs to have military-grade assault rifles in the hand of common citizens. There's no purpose for that. And if you really are into deer hunting, if you really are into like getting that turkey during Thanksgiving, you can just buy a hunting rifle. If you're, an, if you're a veteran, if you're an ex-military man, yeah, those people keep their handguns. They're allowed to keep those. Those are under the law, and that's the same case with in any other country, but only in US that there has been 255 mass shootings since the beginning of this year, and it won't be the last one, which is the biggest tragedy. There are 190 other countries in this planet, and they none of those countries have even crossed 10 or even five mass shootings in this year alone. And so, it, so talk. Let's let's give a good example now because. Okay, first I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think... So we can, at the end of the day, blame this into government. Okay, we can say that the government right now, it's under Republican, um, under the Republican Party, most of it, hence the president. And do you think if the political party changes to be a Democratic Party next elections, do you think that will make a change? Or do you think the NRA and everything else will be more powerful than the leader of the country? Here's, here's a question. Elections. Have you seen any sincere apology from NRA after any mass shootings? No. Not you not. have not. 
you know why they're getting away with it here's a, here, here's an argument if i go out and just in the face of victims say that it wasn't my fault and if i am the person who's running an organization that is actually allowing the sale of legal sale of weapons in front in the hands of common citizens and i just go up to the victim's family's face and say i was not i was not the one who was responsible how do you think i'm getting away with that because i have that much influence in congress the pr stunts that nra does the spokes people that they send over to these conservative uh, news outlets do you think they really care what congress is going to do to them they don't and this is where the whole brainwashing thing comes into because you said that we talk about a good example australia had streaks of mass shootings about 10 years ago 10 20 years ago and then the party in power was a conservative government same like it is right now here and after the mass shootings happened the government unanimously decided that guns are not safe in the hand of civilians which is again it's an objective truth it's not that difficult to understand mm-hmm. you are an untrained civilian you're not a good guy with a gun you your best case carrying a gun around is shooting yourself in the ass worst case you are a mentally ill person or a radicalized person and you shoot somebody else for a vendetta that you sh- you're not even a part of and you're just taking responsibility for somebody else can i say one funny thing yeah because you said the whole like shooting yourself in the ass So my grandfather used to have a gun. Yeah. He was cleaning it. He did shoot himself in the leg. Ah, uh, see? <laughs> so I'm sorry. I thought I would bring a little <laughs> lightness and laughter to the episode. <laughs> no, there, there's a good side to that story because uh well, He did. He shot himself in the leg and then he explained the whole thing and he's like, no. "It doesn't hurt, but it's like cold that runs through your whole body and then you faint." And I'm like, oh my god, you're my favorite uh, scene of like uh, self shooting, accidental self shooting is from that movie Masterminds, where Zach Galifianakis tries to tuck that gun, tuck his gun, like his handgun, very stylishly in his pocket, and he just like lets it go, and he shoots literally inside his asshole or something. Oh yeah, oh gosh. Um, okay, let's back to serious. So, so <laughs> Australia, yeah, the Australian government basically revoked gun ownership. from its citizens overnight and citizens citizens by hundreds came by thousands even came back came and deposited their guns back to the government there has been no mass shootings in australia ever since not at this scale the average rate so so i looked up so i looked into inside cdc's website right and you can actually get like publicly disclosed uh, disclosed uh, casualty data from for like various causes mm-hmm. on cdc website so from 1999 to 2017 the number of firearm related deaths deaths mm-hmm. is 612000 that includes not only mass shootings but also like just people shooting like yeah, crimes and that's stuff that's here in the us correct that's here in the us since when Since 1999 to 2017. Okay, so ni- 1999 to 2017. That's 34,000 deaths per year. Here's the thing. Which any is a time, crazy amount. Anytime, anytime, anyone. anytime these kind of statistics are raised, uh, people who support guns and are gun enthusiasts, they would always say that there are a hundred other things that causes a lot more deaths than just guns, right? So why don't you ban everything on this planet? Even the reason I brought up the car example is because one of the favorite arguments from the other side is that people own car. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's a car accident, drunk driving related accident or like even like, you know, just uh 
unintentional accidents, right? Yeah. It's a driver who's responsible. You don't ban cars. What they don't understand is that we don't need to ban cars because over the last 50 years, the government and private companies have invested heavily in researching the safeties of a car. You cannot, we have established rules and regulations on the road. Like, for example, you can't run a red light. If you do, the police will catch you. Mm-hmm. You can't drive without a seatbelt. If you do, the police will catch you. If you, you cannot turn a turn without your blinkers on. If you do that, the police will catch you. And the yep. reason these regulations are brought up because... Uh, when cars were first invented, there used to be a lot of injuries, there used to be a lot of risk, but through research and public discourse, those were amended. And if America is not at a point like Australia was, and America will probably never be as progressive as one, they think they are, and two, objectively, other countries are, mm-hmm. and guns will never go away from the American culture, then the least they can do is to really research gun violence and mass shootings and gun related deaths. But the reason they can't do it, and this is what is so infuriating, is that the National Rifles Association has put a sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, but it's a, it's a complete, complete ban on any kind of funding sources. Their lobbying is so strong in Congress that they won't even, le- they won't even let any kind of research is done on this. So even if That's the doctors just wanted crazy to, to me. and and that's what, like, I was reading this article written by, like, the president of uh, AMA, and he was lamenting the fact that, like, a lot of funding has been released since then. Mm-hmm. There has been, like, some researches on gun violence. Uh, but the reason, uh, but even if they do uh, conduct those researches, sometimes even the findings of those researches mm-hmm. are actually stifled down. They're not released. They're redacted from public. Jeez. Hold on. I need to find this. Just for perspective, uh, over the last 20 years, the number of Americans dying in motor vehicle crashes has decreased by 31%. The deaths from fires and drowning has decreased by 38% and 52% respectively. And these kind of progresses, they were achieved without banning like cars or swimming pools or like gasoline and stuff like that. Because these these statistics, these statistics are these uh, injury prevention was achievable uh, because they funded the Congress allowed funding of research behind these kind of uh, accidents and deaths caused by these kind of uh, factors. That's not being allowed in this country because of the gun lobby. And that's where I have the main problem. So in an ideal world, I would strongly advocate that America follows suit with other any other developed nations in the world and revokes gun ownerships from its citizens but it is at a point where it can't do that because there is simply and again this is an objective truth simply too many congressmen have been bribed and held virtually at gunpoint by the nra and gun activists Mm -hmm. to and they they all fear losing their seats by the way the conservative political party members lost their seats in that election they never bounce back they sacrifice their political careers to actually remove guns and make this society safer that's not a sacrifice that congress is willing to make in fact any fresh congressman the moment they enter congress they immediately have to start thinking about fundraising to get re-elected in the midterms which means that they only get two years to not do any public work but to show up for funding events and fundraisers that's what the state of Congress is at. So if you're running a government that is heavily relying 
on private donations. And if those donations are coming from lobbies like the gun lobby, like the NRA and stuff, then yes, the people who are in the power to change the laws when it comes to background checks, when it comes to gun regulations, they will never do so. Like right now, Mitch McConnell, who is the Senate Majority Leader, he's not even prepared to discuss the bill that uh, Chuck Norris and Peter King, who basically brought up this bipartisan common sense background check bill, he's not even going to let that uh, sit on the, or not even going to let that discussed in the Senate floor. That's where we are at. And it's it's like a naked truth. That's a, It's like one of those emperor wearing no clothes situation. Everybody can see the emperor's shaggy, hairy body. Everybody sees how gross and grotesque it is, but nobody's saying anything. Okay, so I just found this on Twitter from this guy I follow. His name is Stance Grounded. Um, his username is at underscore SJP's underscore. So he just shared this piece of, not evidence, but like this written part of the, it's NBC News, whatever. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, and I quote, Anna DeVees of Casa Carmelita told NBC News that police also recovered a loaded gun, ammunition, and a bag of white powder from the man's truck. She said people at the community center are still terrified and frustrated. DeVees said El Paso officers were confrontational with the witness and eventually told them that Bartram hadn't broken any laws. He has rights, said the police. Jeez. Which is... It just, like, he has rights. And then the argument this um, person says is that they have pictures of the guy in the truck and whatever. Um, that people, black people, get killed and get jailed for having a BB gun or just owning a gun, which is still their right based on the Second Amendment. And just taking it back again a little bit with the whole white privilege thing. They're defending this man's rights to carry and just having all this gunpowder and gun and whatever. And it's solely because he's white. Like if if, if it would have been any other person, this wouldn't have played out the, the, the way it was. The guy would have been shot already. So that's a conversation that the clearly evident issue of race and white supremacy but the in government this, is not doing an, anything that's an argument of a just, whole another it, time it's just it incredible is, that like we're talking about australia yep. and australia is racist by the way i know yeah. but what i'm saying is like they didn't think about it in that way they were just like it's over bye and then people like you said people lost their seat in congress and stuff but it's I don't know. Australian I, Parliament? They don't have Congress. I think only America the has The Parliament or whatever it is called. Yeah. But yes, their seat in government because of it. So that's the thing. But so it, it, there's just such a biased system so that we have you, here. You, that's the thing. So it's so, it has gotten so convoluted and people, here's the thing. Clearly people want to own guns. At a very basic level, they think owning guns is cool. At a more toxic level, they think they're owning guns because they have some sort of agenda to protect freedom, liberty, justice, whatever. Hello, whose freedom, liberty, and justice are you protecting? It is people the who look man. look exactly like you, who had... Also, by the way, all these shootings that have been committed, the people who bought the gun, the mass shooters, majority of them, and I didn't get a chance to look through each and every case files of 255 mass shootings. That only happened this year. 
In 2016, there were about 380. So that's why 2019 is as, as comparable to 2016 because that averaged almost one shooting per day. But anyways, so I bet most of them had no, at least the day, uh, El Paso shooter and the Dayton shooter had no criminal history. And they were simple white men who just walked in to buy firearms that was legally obtainable for them. I think it was a Dayton shooter who probably crossed borders to get this extra additional uh, stabilizer thing for his assault rifle that allowed him to shoot so many rounds. Mm -hmm. Like it converted this, like it kind of upgraded his uh, uh, sort of uh, ammunition firing capacity or whatever. But that's the thing. So the argument about race in this whole conversation, that's, I think we should talk that for another day because we yes. cannot possibly cover that because that's a whole rabbit hole on its own. But the reason I'm emphasizing on uh, research on gun violence and mass shootings, uh, one, I doubt that it will ever be allowed to happen with as much extent as the government has gone behind people who manufactured faulty cars or, for example, Philip Morris, who basically sexualized cigarettes and basically just allowed a whole generation to think that cigarettes are cool and good for you and sometimes through misadvertisement let them believe that you know smoking is good for health um that's a whole another argument yeah. right we but, can have a whole other episode on many other things yes like we can dissect today's episode and have right. like 10 more um but but what i wanted to point out was that so so with guns, it's really hard to happen, as opposed to cars, as opposed to cigarettes. Uh, with guns, it's really hard to happen. Because, Especially if it's in an amendment. It's no, because you, you know the answer. The cause behind yep. mass shootings are guns. To stop mass shootings, you take away guns. Mm -hmm. So basically, the Dickey Amendment that I was talking about that got passed in 1996, what it did was that it was passed by the pro-gun members of the Congress, and it eliminated about 2.6 million dollars from the cdc's budget to research firearm injury and that is atrocious and they are saying here so i'm reading actually from the i think it's the jama journal of american medical association i think mm -hmm. so they're saying that the funding was restored but the money was earmarked for traumatic brain injury not gun violence traumatic brain injury that might happen due to gun violence and it was the the effect was that it reduced support for firearm injury research and the following language was added to the final appropriation so whoever came up with the budget made sure they added this line which said that none of the funds made available for injury prevention and control at the cdc may be used to advocate or promote gun control hmm. so if you're a doctor in a hospital and if you're seeing a mass shooting and stuff happening, you're only allowed to treat for the after effects of a shooting. That's what the traumatic brain injury is about. If you got shot in the head, they'll treat you for that. Okay. But if the CDC wanted to research on this topic and if they followed up, for example, if the CDC wanted to follow up on the El Paso shooting, the only thing they can, won't be able to address is the, is the guns. They won't be able to address the shooting itself. The shooting itself. They can address the deaths and the injuries caused by... It. That's what I was getting at. So everything they can address except the guns. And the doctors, that's where the American Medical Association wrote so many letters. I mean, I've seen the letters after they wrote uh, 
the the ones they wrote after the Parkland shooting and stuff. And every time they bring it up, it's the same thing. That's insane. Well, this has been heavy and yeah. packed. I know. Can I can I give like one last statistics, which yes. I thought okay, was go. fascinating. So. This, I think this article was published, the one that I'm quoting so much from, it was published in 2013. So it says here that after that whole amendment was passed where they restricted firearm injury uh, research, firearm related injury research, um, since 1997, so that was passed in 1997. So since 1997 till 2013, which was the year when this was published, 427,000 people have died of gunshot hmm. wounds, right? And including more than 165,000 who were victims of homicide. Now, the number is 612,000 as of 2019. Crazy. To put these numbers in context, during the same time period, 4,586 Americans lost their lives in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. Hmm. The Iraq war, which costed, I don't know, $6 trillion or something. Know. Anyways, the money is not the main point, but... 4,000 American soldiers lost their lives in that Just so that someone ordeal. could come here and could, like... Right. It's it's funny because they're, like, defending Just the country exactly. from, ex, like, ex Forget about exterior the, terrorists or whatever. But then we're having the same amount, if not more, of deaths, deaths from local domestic terrorists. And, and I'm going to go ahead and call it... Yeah. Domestic terrorists. Domestic terrorists... White supremacy, they're all bundled in the same group. But the issue of race and gun violence has to be a topic for another day because uh, yes. I think a lot of that actually comes from Patrick Crucius's manifesto, which uh, if you guys have not, should definitely give it a read. I always recommend uh, that, you know, in order to really address an issue, one, you acknowledge that it's an issue, but also you need to talk about, talk to people who believe in that issue. So for example... I have downloaded NRA TV on my Roku device and I definitely plan to start watching it because I also need to know what exactly makes all these people believe in guns even after literally every day there is a proof that guns are not good for society, mm -hmm. that guns are not good for a civil society. That's another reason why I really did this podcast. Like, I just hope that in the future I can talk with people that don't agree with me 100%. Like in the first episode of the podcast, if you haven't listened to it, go watch it. It's great. Listen to it. You can't watch it. It's a podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but we, when we talked, there were some parts that we didn't agree on. But we heard our, t like, you know what I mean? Like, I just hope at the end of the day, people listen to this podcast and you don't have to agree with us, but you understand our point of view and you discuss it. And it's like, the more you know, you know? <laughs> that should have been the title of this. The more you know, you know? Okay. Okay. So that was a lot, but it was very interesting. And I'm really glad that we did this. And y'all can see how passionate Abesh is about it because... We'll follow this up with more heavy research. Oh, yeah. It will be statistics for the Yeah, we'll find all their heavy stuff to talk about because that's just what this podcast is. But before we go, I want to leave it on... Really nice news of the day. So as of yesterday, I heard, I found these really cutesy, really nice news that don't really get featured a lot because no one dies on it. Um, so it's, um, what's the title of it? So the lady that posted it was Megan Ashley. And she said, on my flight to San Diego to Nashville, from San Diego to Nashville today, sitting in the row, 
next to me was a 96 year old woman who hasn't flown in 15 years for her birthday she wanted to go to kansas city to see her family but she was scared of flying she asked for this man's hand during takeoff and then hugged him again oh no oh no the thing changed and then hugged him again experiencing turbulence this gentleman i should say gladly took her hand let her hold into him calmed her by talking to her and explaining everything that was happening and simply was a stranger for her. He knew that he knew just what to do the entire flight to help. He helped her stand up to go to the restroom and watch her carefully walk down the aisle. That sounded like a wedding. Um, it made me smile the whole flight as he com comfort comforted her. I can't read. This man was her flight angel. He held her bag helped her get off the plane and into the wheelchair and she got confused wondering where her daughter went she called her her sister he stayed with her until she caught up and her daughter who got separated from her i walked away sobbing happy tears being so thankful for people like this wonderful human she was so grateful that she wanted him to have her to have her flight pretzels pretzels this is the type of people I want in this world. I don't need people shooting other people. I need a man that holds to an old lady and is nice to her and it doesn't care who she, where she's from or who she is. I just need good souls. And yeah. these are the news that made me hold into hope for humanity. So I thought I'd share them with the peeps. Okay, so... You can follow this podcast on both iTunes and Spotify and Podbean with the username let's talk about it 019 or just type let's talk about it and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at let's talk about it 019 and email at talk about it 019 at gmail.com thanks for listening bye bye